So, Jamie, I have two words for you. Astronaut and diapers. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I know exactly who you're talking about. I don't remember her name, but there was a female astronaut who took a crazy trip, wore a diaper so she wouldn't have to stop to go to the bathroom so she could confront somebody she was jealous of in All the right. 90s. Was it in the 90s? No, it was actually in the 2000s. Hey, lie detectors. I'm Melissa. And I'm Jamie. And this is Lipstick and Lies. So I wanted to start with the case that started it all for me, which is Lisa Nowak. And I'm calling this episode Lust in Space. To determine whether this was a one-time loss of common sense or whether there was something seriously wrong with this woman. NASA's image is tarnished when she becomes the first active duty astronaut charged with a felony. This was a love triangle gone bizarre. Oh my God. Just the title alone, I am all ears. I cannot wait. What do you remember about the case besides the diaper? I think everybody knows the diaper, but I don't know if people really recall anything else other than Lisa was an astronaut. Honestly, not a damn thing. I, I, the, the diaper was so polarizing and probably one of the main reasons this thing hit the news and just went bonkers in the media. But I don't remember a lot of details. I remember it was a female astronaut and that was a big deal too, because you never really hear of astronauts behaving badly. So yeah, besides the diaper, the diaper was so polarizing that I really don't remember much else. Well, you're in line with the survey I've done <laughs> leading up to <laughs> leading up to today's recording. I started asking friends, you know, about what do you recall about Lisa Nowak? And they're like, oh, isn't that that astronaut love triangle or diaper? Um, so for today's episode, I watched Scandal. Um, Scandal made me famous. It's episode three and it's called Astronaut Diaper, fittingly. And <laughs> sucks for her. I know, I know. So I'm going to play just one minute of the trailer. Scandal Made Me Famous reveals the out-of-this-world story of a NASA love triangle. I work for NASA. In what capacity? I am an astronaut. I got a call from a friend of mine at the Orlando Police Department who said, you need to get down here. There is an astronaut who has been arrested on attempted murder charges for a romantic rival. And I said, oh, okay, who is he? And my friend said, no, it's a she. Billy, it's Lisa. I've called you so many times and you have not called me back. Shuttle astronaut Lisa Nowak was having an extramarital affair with fellow rocketeer Billy O when she discovered he was cheating on her with a woman in Florida. Lisa Nowak gambled everything she had on Billy O and she lost. Billy O had moved on to someone else. And when she realized she couldn't get Billy O, her thought was, maybe I take this other person out of the picture. So <laughs> that's, the, that's the intro. Okay, so as you know, I work in film. I'm an executive producer. And so I don't know if you know this, but one of the very first series that I ever created, I sold to the Reels Network called The Friends Speak. And so it's kind of funny watching this Reels trailer because there's this host, Steve Helling, 
and I don't know if I'm saying his last name right, but he's like the go-to guy for all of real shows. Okay. <laughs> I, his voice sounds so familiar. Yeah. Because I've watched a lot of real shows. He's like the soundbite guy. That's yeah. what I call him because he's always got like this narrative to, you know, he's he narrates it to keep it going. But yeah. I picked this episode because it was an hour. It really dissects the case. And I actually... You know, going back to Lisa Nowak, um, when I wanted to do this case with you, the only thing that I've remembered was the diaper and her being an astronaut. And so what I found going into this case was I actually had a change of opinion about her at the end. So oh. I'm excited to see what you think after I tell you the story. But interesting. But going back to astronauts and the 90s, do you remember how big it used to be growing up? The astronauts were like influencers. They were celebrities back in the day. They were absolutely like today's influencers. They were like superheroes. I always thought like how scary, even to this day, that's probably one of my worst fears. I have these irrational fears and like going to space is one of them. It's just way too out there. I would never do it. Now you... I think you would do it based I would on go to space. You. Yeah, because you fun fact about Melissa is that your husband, Steve, is a pilot. And I saw you on a very tiny airplane with him <laughs> recently flying over Hollywood. And number one, I loved that for you. Number two, I had severe anxiety watching it because that's another one of my like irrational fears is going up on these little like small propeller planes. And it looks so cool. And I wish I could do it. Mm hmm. But you, but it was so cool seeing you do it. So I think you would probably go to space. I would, you? would, but I would go to space. And did you, when you were younger, did astronauts come to your school and, and give talks? Because I recall an astronaut coming to my school and I can't tell you who, like elementary school or junior high. And I remember I wanted to ask him what happens when you poop in space? <laughs> <laughs> It's such a good logical question. <laughs> maybe they, <laughs> well, ask Lisa Nowak, because maybe she did that in her diaper on the way to her okay. car ride. <laughs> okay, going into, into things that, you know, happen in space, because everything, there's anti-gravity, so everything looks bizarre. And so I have a million questions about science and space. Uh, but back in the early 2000s, you know, there weren't a lot of women astronauts. And I recall the 89 Challenger blowing up. Do you, did you watch that in school or anything? I, I did. And it was uh, devastating. Devastating. Yeah. I just watched a documentary about it, too. But I remember the feeling of dread and seeing like the smoke up in the sky, you know, on the TV. And it was just absolutely awful. Yeah, yeah, definitely will never. That's one of those events that like, it's hard to forget. Yeah, I, I agree. And so I started for this episode, I started looking into what it was like for, uh, for women to be in space. And it, it, it reminded me of this TikTok that I saw this summer that I want to play for you. Okay, not a TikTok. A song um, is the story about the first American woman to ever go to space, Sally Ride. <clears throat> Remember when NASA sent a woman to space for only six days and they gave her 100 tampons. 100 tampons. <laughs> yes. 
that's a lot of tampons, dude. I do. I think a dude did that. I think yeah. a guy planned that. They didn't know if that was enough. These are our nation's <laughs> And it gets worse. Minds. The visual that they comes up next. <laughs> they also tie the tampons together by the strings like sausages. One <laughs> little tampons. Yeah. Stop it. Oh my God. Not a hundred tampons tied together like sausages. I absolutely, my first thought is like a dude planned out the tampon inventory because I don't think a woman thinks she needs a hundred tampons unless she's going to be there. I have no idea. This is for six days. Oh, hell no. Six days. Babe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Who let let Uncle Larry plan the tampon inventory? (laughs) So I had to fact check this because I'm like, okay, did she just make this up? And no, it's it's legit. (laughs) So I found the transcript where Ride said, I remember the engineers trying to decide how many tampons should fly on a one week flight. They asked, is 100 the right number? (laughs) Oh my, she would literally die of blood loss if that's, if that's the number for six days. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh my God. I, I love that fact. I did not know that that actually happened. Now they tied them together. So if she in fact used these Sally ride, did she have to untie these? That's a good question. Can you that, imagine no. like, a tampon sausage link flying? <laughs> They're already so annoying to deal with. I don't want to have to freaking untie them to Wait, use. that means there's no applicator. That means they're yeah. just... Okay. Well, <laughs> questions, the, questions, questions. Yeah, I have so many questions. I have so many. I'm going to be doing a lot of Googling after this okay. <laughs> about the tampon issue. So basically, I have this daily news picture of lisa nowak and it says astronaut like instead of astronaut is astronaut yes, which sucks <laughs> because women already get a bad rap but I, like, know. I mean she didn't do herself any favors wearing that diaper on the long trip but we're i can't wait to hear the full story before i make any judgments my talking point to you is what makes a dignified woman do the unthinkable what do you think this was a lapse in judgment or do you think she was a psychopath First impressions. Yeah, I don't think she's a psychopath. I think that's going to be much more rare. I think that the average everyday human being can be driven to do somewhat unthinkable things if pushed to a limit. But then I think that we also have the ability to do something where we don't even like recognize ourselves that we did that and look back on it years later and go, I would never do that today. Or I don't even recognize myself for doing that. So I don't, my guess is that she's not a psychopath, but I'm really interested to hear because I don't remember how this all shook out. I really don't know much. I really don't know much. Mm-hmm. So this was all supposedly for a guy. Oh, yes. that th- This happens often. I think that we've all been, and I'm not going to say guilty, but I think that we're all human. And if you're vulnerable enough, if you are uh, attached enough to somebody or and or if you've been maybe manipulated by them or really just like drawn in by them, I think that almost any of us could do something that a lot of people would deem crazy, especially for a love interest. Have you ever done anything for a guy? Ooh, yes, uh, I have. And. I mean, to be honest with you, I did a particular drug that I didn't want to do if we're just being real. Uh, and 
you know, just being super real, I definitely dabbled in stuff when I was younger, partied, you know, I was kind of a partier in high school, but I didn't want to, I just, this particular night, I didn't want to, but I liked this guy and I wanted him to think that I was like down. So I'm like, okay, yeah. Uh, so yeah. And I, I look back on that and I super cringe because nowadays I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, I don't give an F if you, I'll, I do me and I don't give a shit. I don't get FOMO. I don't, but back then, like when you're a teenager, you're kind of like, I know, want to be down, you know? Yeah, especially like you, you want to feel like you're that chill, cool girl, you know? And so back in that, that time period, when I first heard this in 2007, when this was news, I was a young mom, you know, staying at home. This was something that I couldn't relate to, but now I'm in my mid forties. I've gone through a divorce. I've had some life experiences and I see this case a lot differently now with an, with new eyes because I did something that I cringe now looking back. There was a, and I'm not going to say names or anything because I want to have some privacy with that. But something that I cringe when I look back on what I did for a guy was that I discovered somebody I deeply loved was cheating on me or I suspected he was cheating on me and I wanted to catch him in the act to confirm it. And so in the middle of the night, I drove like over 30 miles to try to catch him. And I think back on it and I'm so embarrassed about that. You know, I'm really embarrassed that I, I wanted validation. So I wanted to catch him. And did you get that that validation? I did. I did. But you know, there were signs and like, Cheaters are really good at gaslighting you, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They tell you, like, it's all in your head. You know, back in the day, there wasn't the term gaslighting, or at least it wasn't as prevalent, you know, not at all. At least it's not as a term that's now in our world, you know, gaslighting. And and it happens so often. And I'm glad it's a topic of conversation because I think it goes on all the time, especially with cheaters. And by the way, I thought you were going to tell a story that was way more wild than that. And, and not to diminish like what you did, obviously you, you yeah. feel cringed out, you know, from it and you would never probably do it again, but you had your, you followed your instincts and you needed confirmation. And it sounds like he'd been making you feel a little crazy for a while. Mm-hmm. And so you got in your car. I don't think that act is crazy. I think that him gaslighting you is crazy. And I think that you needed that validation. So you followed your instincts and you got your answers. It sounds like that, that to yeah. me does not sound, I could totally see myself doing that now, as far as what I would do, if I caught them, I don't know, <laughs> I felt like I could get pretty wild. So <laughs> I don't, I, I think we have opposite reactions. I'm a flight for sure. I think you're a fight. <laughs> I, I'm definitely a fight. I'm definitely a fight. Yes. Okay, so going back to our lady, Lisa Nowak, the author of Out There, Diane Fanning's going to say, Lisa said she just wanted to scare her into talking, but she had with her all of these devices on her to torture her. So the whole thing starts off with she attacks Colleen and then the motive is that, you know, she did this for a guy and she was just going to confront Colleen, the love interest to scare her into talking to her. Okay. And so my with question, torture kit <laughs> with, with a torture kit. Okay. Okay. Fellow lie detectors. Tell us what you think. Do you think she just wanted to scare her? Jamie, do you believe that 
Lisa Nowak wanted just to scare her when she confronted her. Just based on the little amount of information I have so far, I think it's more likely that her plan A was just to confront and scare her away, but she had a plan B and was willing to implement plan B if plan A didn't go well. Melissa and I have been momming hard for over two decades, which means we've been cooking for our families for that long. I, for one, am a little over the time that it takes to cook, which is why I look forward to my HelloFresh deliveries. HelloFresh delivers ready-to-make meals right to my doorstep, and there are over 45 recipes and more than 100 seasonal add-on items to choose from each week, so my family and I never get meal fatigue. Melissa raves about the HelloFresh 15-minute meals that she whips up after a long workday. And I'm down for any and all life hacks, especially when they save me time and money. Their pub-style shepherd's pie with cheddar and thyme mashed potatoes took me less time to make than watching an episode of my favorite reality show. And my husband could not get enough of it. Afterward, I thought about all the additional time and money that I would have spent if I'd shopped for the ingredients myself and took the time to portion them out. HelloFresh does all of that for you, and their meals are so tasty. Go to HelloFresh.com slash lipstick free and use code lipstick free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash lipstick free with code lipstick free. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Very smart. That, that's, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm correct. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever know the answers, you know, mm. but okay, this is what she had on her. This is what the police found on Noak when they arrested her. They found pepper spray, a BB gun, a new steel mallet, knife and rubber tubing. Okay, so Jamie, why a BB gun? What is she going to do with a BB gun? Okay, my first thought before you went into the mallet that now that changed my mind and the other stuff, but yeah, what's B- a mallet? A mallet is like a hammer, <laughs> but it's flat. It's like it's it's like that round. I can't turn my fingers right. Isn't um, it like rubber? It's though? like a mallet. Yeah, but it, like it could do damage for sure. Like if you hit somebody in the head enough times. But see, even that's not a hammer. And a BB gun is not like a super dangerous gun. So it tells me she didn't want to kill her, but she wanted to have some things that could harm her or or uh, render her, you know, help, whatever you call it, like disarm her. But like those tools make it seem like she absolutely did not intend on killing her now the knife that was like plan c or d yeah so i so i just asked if it was a rubber mallet but actually i'm rereading it again a new steel mallet so it was steel Steel. okay and a knife and rubber tubing when you said bb gun at that mm-hmm. point, I was like, oh, it, she doesn't want to hurt her. She wants to scare her because a BB gun typically does not kill somebody. Uh, but then when you go to the knife and the steel mallet, then it's like, okay, those things could do some damage. But I'm still of the thought that she had a plan A, B, C, D, and E. And it would have it went like this. Let me scare her and confront her first. If that doesn't work, let me pull out the BB gun. If that doesn't work, then I'm pulling out the, the big guns, the knife, the mallet. I, I think that's how it went. I think she was a planner. I think that her astronaut brain uh, made her a really good planner, hence the diaper. And I think she had different plans, like levels that she would get to if need be, but she didn't want to. So now I'm going to tell you more of the story. 
Lisa and Richard Nowak get married. She was proud of herself for being able to balance motherhood, romance, and work. It's definitely a challenge to do the flying and take care of even one child and do all the other things you have to do. But I learned that you can do it, she told NBC. Had to be the most driven woman I've ever encountered. She went through the academy. She went through flight school. She got two master's degrees. And then to make her life even more complicated, she became a mother. It was truly an incredible accomplishment. At this point, the couple are chasing their dreams. But Lisa's career is starting to surpass Richard's. In 1995, NASA sends out an announcement that it is accepting new applicants for its astronaut program. This was the moment that Lisa had been working towards since she was a little girl. But did she have the right stuff for the space program? The high-flying trajectory. On paper, she was living the perfect life. So right now in Lisa's life, what plays in this clip is that she starts to have everything she's ever wanted. She went to the Naval Academy. She is, her career is surpassing her husband's. I have a picture of her and her husband. They have one child and then they have twins. Her They have reversal in roles. So the husband is more of a stay-at-home dad and her career is going fantastic. She has like one of those careers. So I believe her career is one where there's a lot of adrenaline, there's a lot of milestones that are tangible. And in motherhood, I think that's where the struggle is, where there's not a lot of praise or accolades. You're doing the hard work, but also, you know, there's this factor that she's living in the early 2000s, which I don't think has changed much, which is how men react to the reversal and traditional roles. Mm -hmm. How do you think your husband would react to you if you were, well, how does your husband react to you? Are you equal? Are you the breadwinner or? So when we met, he was making more money, but I certainly had my own career in, in commercial real estate financing. And then I started to move up in my career and so did he. We started to equal out. And then I had a really bang up year. The last year that I was in commercial real estate financing was like my best year ever. And that year was the only year that 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 marked the last year that we were somewhat equal. But then he went into entrepreneurship. He left the studios where he worked and he started his own business and then started another business. And he's long surpassed my ass now. But I definitely, when I met him, was was independent, had my own career, still have my own career. We both contribute. Neither one in our relationship is not like, you're the boss, I'm the boss. You're the, you know, he's the technical breadwinner now, but we're very equal in our partnership on like what we do for the household, what we do for our kids. But you asked, how would he feel? You know, Steve always jokes because, you know, being a business owner is like so stressful. So he's always stressed out and he always jokes. He's like, dude, I'd love it for you to be my sugar mama. Like I would love to just ride off into the sunset. You just keep podcasting and doing what you do, girl. And I will like take care of the kids, the dog, you know, but I think he's half joking because I know him and he would still want to like stay busier than just being at home. I don't think he'd have a huge issue, though, if I made more money than him. I don't think it would be a big deal. Do you think that's changed with men in general over the last, I mean, I do. 10, 20 years? 
Yeah, I do. Because wow. I even just in my own friendship circles, there are men who play the more domestic role, if you will, because the woman's ability, the wife's ability just happens to be uh, her ability to make money just happens to be greater. So and it just makes sense. And it's like, I know so many people like that. And I think it's more prevalent these days. And it's not so like, uh, not taboo, but like, Oh, bro, you stay home, you know, while your wife makes the money. I think it's a lot more accepted now and as it should be. Well, I mean, I have to give it to Richard, who is the husband of Lisa Nowak. He is there for the family. He's supporting his wife. So he's to me, he's a good guy. And then so she's prepping. So Lisa at this point has not gone to space yet. She's done all of the the work to get herself there. And she makes a friend named Laurel Clark, and her friend is going to go on the Columbia. On February 1st, 2003, Lisa, her son, and the rest of the world watches as the space shuttle Columbia is returning to Earth. I won't see it any moment now. We'll see it. Lisa is eager to welcome her friend, Laurel, home. What Lisa didn't know was that Mission Control had lost contact with Columbia at the top of the hour. And what the public saw were trails of debris across the sky. Columbia disintegrates over Texas, killing all seven crew members on board. Lisa lost one of her best friends in the disaster, and that was devastating. And this is a big moment for Lisa because she knows that she's going on the Columbia soon that she's she's scheduled to go on the next flight on the Columbia, but Laurel is going to go first. You see Lisa, the actress playing or watching the screen and the Columbia is going out and her friend is on it. And everybody's watching because this is the next flight that happens after the Challenger disaster. Oh, that's big. Yeah. I, after anxious. the 89, yeah, 89 Mm hmm. So Lisa's friend is on board and she's watching the footage on the TV. And what Lisa doesn't know is that the control board has lost connection with the astronauts. And she's watching the space shuttle implode on her TV with her friend in it. Oh, wait, this is the Columbia. This is the Columbia. This so happens Columbia right after. Blew up too? Mm-hmm. Why do I yeah. not? I don't remember this. Yeah, it's there was two. So the first one, the Challenger oh. in 89 was like a fireworks show, if you remember yes. on the yes. screen. And it was just it blew up into a million pieces. And oh. it was just shocking to watch that. But then the Columbia was also in the same range where it it didn't seem to have hit like the same way as the 89 Challenger. I don't know why, mm -hmm. but but her friend is on the Columbia. Yeah. Wow, and she's just watching it happen helplessly. Yeah. So I actually didn't know this about Lisa is that she lost her friend, Laura Clark, on this expedition that she was going to be on. Um, she's going to be on the second run. And there's this this guy named uh, Dr. John Clark, who was the husband of the friend. And he's a former NASA flight surgeon who lost his wife, astronaut Laura Clark. in oh, 2003 Columbia disaster. Okay. Said Nowak. Yeah. So. 2003, said Nowak provided invaluable support to his family then at the cost of losing time with her own family. Oh. So the loss 
of her friend. And then now she's, her marriage is crumbling. She's been married now at this point for over 10 years. I think she's Mm -hmm. in like year 15 mark. And so life is like stressful. And I like what Dr. John Clark adds. He talks about his wife and his own relationship with Lisa's friend. And he says about Lisa, about the uh, mental anguish. She was the epitome of managing a very hectic career, making sacrifices to accommodate her family, Clark said in in a telephone interview with NBC News. All those stresses can conspire to be overwhelming. Clearly, she suffered a lot of mental anguish. There's a lot of marital stress in the astronaut corps in general, a huge amount. It's not unheard of for things to change into relationships that are beyond professional, he says. Wow. So I think it's setting up, they're doing a good job of setting it up where this is ripe for what's going to happen next, which is Billy O enters the scene. Oh, this the is... dreaded Billy O. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I'm not calling him Billy O, like just because I want to call him Billy O. That's what he prefers to be called. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lisa reportedly loves Billy O. But a divorce may not look good for a female astronaut and role model. For a while, Billy O was encouraging Lisa to leave her husband. He wanted to form a permanent relationship with her, and she kept rebuffing that. I mean, she continued their sexual relationship, but she just kept saying no to leaving her family for too long. She just had this tragic loss of her friend. And now she is getting ready to go on her space expedition. And what they do with the astronauts is they put them through rigorous training, survival training. And she ends up going on this 10-day survivor wilderness trek with Billy O. Mm. He likes to be called Billy O. So... (laughs) (laughs) Gotta, Gotta give that disclosure. Yeah, I have to give that disclosure. I did not want to give that nickname to him. I think no. it's kind of cheesy. It's very <laughs> cheesy. Like I just now I'm wondering now this tells me a lot about Billy O and I'm I'm hardcore judging <laughs> that he well, demands to be called Billy O. He does. And and he's a pilot. And so I'm thinking Top Gun. Can you imagine if the Maverick is Billy O? Not at all. That would <laughs> never be the name. Like that would not even be the top 100 <laughs> choices. But interesting. Okay. So Lisa is now training to go on her first space mission, having an affair with Billy O and keeping things together at home until Billy's wife discovers the affair. His wife sees the emails back and forth between Lisa and Billy. She files for divorce and Billy moves into an apartment and gave Lisa the key. But Lisa is still married to Richard. Mm, Okay, it's like a double affair situation going on. Where he chooses to, well, it sounds like she chooses to leave Billy. Right. But it sounds like it's still a secret to Richard. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, can you imagine how Billy's wife must have felt reading those emails? Like, no, that it, just it, the it devastation. Just, yeah, the devastation, the the breach of trust, and you know, I wonder if she was totally shocked by it, or if she had a gut feeling. I'm always curious because there's, you know, sometimes there's like a, there's signs or red flags. Um, and I'm also, you know, I think a, it feels like a lot of times when there's like a double affair going on, or even if, yeah, like a double affair. The spouse that finds out like his Billio's wife would find a way to contact Richard and go, hey, dude, just so you know, 
you know, your wife's cheating on you with my husband or ex-husband. And I feel like that happens often enough. I could see myself doing that, to be honest. If I found out that my husband was cheating and found out who he was cheating with was also married, I'd probably give that person a ring or a Facebook message or something. But then, you know, that what always surprises me is that they don't believe them. That happens too. And then you look like the crazy person, you know? Mm -hmm. So Lisa makes the first space launch, the Discovery July 4th. It's a success and returns as heroes. So then she returns from going in space. She only makes this one space mission, but it forever changes her. 44 candidates selected to become one of these astronauts. All of her achievements proved to be stepping stones to one of the most elite jobs in the world. Lisa reports to Johnson Space Center in Houston to begin the demanding training required of shuttle crew members. They put her under a lot of rigorous pressure. You go on flight simulation and they would make things go wrong on you. Sometimes that there was no way they would not be fatal. You always wanted to survive, even those mock flights, because it felt like death, even if you survived. While Lisa patiently waits for her moment in space, she becomes a mother again, this time to twin daughters, Katrina and Alyssa. On December 12, 2002, NASA makes the announcement that Lisa's been longing to hear since she was a child. As a mission specialist, she will be one of the chosen few to crew an upcoming mission on the space shuttle Columbia. Lisa's closest friend, Laurel Clark, was also skipped. And what I start to wonder is, I mean, can you imagine you see in the movies this view of Earth? Like you're looking out the window at Earth, like not out of a window on a plane and seeing the houses become dots. You know, you're looking at Earth. Can you imagine how that changes your point of view on life? It has to. It has to. When they show the images from up in space, down looking down on Earth, it just doesn't seem real. It just, it's a globe come to life. Like it's just, you see the oceans and you see all the blue, like the water. And I, I am so envious of anybody who gets to have that point of view. I just would be so scared to do it. I would never do it, but it's beautiful. And it's got to change your perspective on life for sure. Yeah, I couldn't imagine when you come home. So she's now from coming from space. She's in this relationship. And I think people who are in affairs feel swept up in it. I feel I feel like they come alive. You know, they feel alive. And now she has this, this remarkable journey to space. She's in this relationship you know, this affair that's making her feel alive. And then she comes down back to earth and now she's not preparing for a space mission anymore. She's home with her husband all the time. Mm -hmm. She's now taking care of the kids. She's now becoming more of a full-time, you know, more of a full-time mother. Um, she hasn't spent this much time with her husband before they start fighting. There's in, in the movie, they start showing that there's arguments, there's dishes being thrown, and there's contention at home. And so it made me think, you know, what a transition from space to home life and how everything must, there's got to be a depression with that. There's got to be something mental about that transition. Yeah, coming down from 
what's got to be a huge rush of every day you're going to work and learning these interesting and challenging things. And you're about to do something so big that the large majority of people will never do in their lifetime to like, Hey, doing the dishes and the laundry and going to the grocery store and fighting with your husband, (laughs) seeing your husband more often than you're used to. And I think a lot of people during COVID struggled as well, because they're like, shit, I am not used to being side by side with my partner this much. I think I want to miss them a little bit. You know, maybe she was feeling that. And then she becomes this hero and she's starting to post mission she's doing speaking events and but this is this was it this was like this is the one space event you know space launch that she'll ever go on they start to take down the the space mission there's just too many astronauts so not everybody could go up in space anymore so it was one and done and i'm sure that's not what she anticipated that this would be more of a lifelong career that should be going up in space more often but that was it. Like her whole life ended after the, well, it must've felt like her whole life ended after the space mission. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because it's just such a change and uh, to go from hero and, and being so sought after for speaking engagements to just kind of out of the spotlight. And now you're at home and, and you're, it's, it's a huge transition. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I think that I can kind of understand feeling that way if you're doing something so intense and such a rush and you enjoy it so much. And then all of a sudden your life just becomes vanilla, mm-hmm. you know, that that's got to be tough on, I think anybody. The husband astronaut has been preoccupied. Has been preoccupied. Just... Hey, there she is. We're doing shots. Do you want one? Sure. Why not? Billy O was a player. I mean, he was an aviator. He was like Top Gun. So the women couldn't get enough of him, and he couldn't get enough of the women. I'm Billy O. Colleen. Colleen Shipman. Colleen. It's very nice to meet you. So while Lisa is home with the kids, Billy O is now Top Gun. He is getting ready to fly on a mission. He's a captain. He's a pilot of the space shuttle. And he's going to go out soon. And so he starts mingling and he meets Colleen Shipman. Mm. So Colleen Shipman was a captain in the Air Force. One of her visits with Billy, he comes clean about Lisa. And so it makes me think, like, how clean does he come clear about or how clear? Like, it's unclear how clear Billy explained the situation about Lisa to Colleen. Because he's saying he doesn't have a relationship. He's not with anybody. But he comes clean. What's the come clean part? Like I had this relationship with Lisa, but it is no longer. Or I have a relationship with her, but it's not what you think. It's not that deep. You know, I wonder what his level of come clean, like what does that mean for him? Yeah, that's what I, it was ambiguous um, with the Reels program. It just shows Bilio with Colleen. They meet at a party and they start this, they start seeing each other. But what's going on during this time period is they're just friends. He's just friends with Lisa. Melissa and I love when we discover something that takes something we already love and makes it even better. Book of the Month eliminates the overwhelming sensation of choosing the next book to read. Their team selects a few new options each month, focusing on new and emerging authors, making it so much easier to decide. 
When your selected book arrives, it comes in an eye-catching blue box that makes it feel special and gives me something fun to look forward to each month. So many times I've gotten myself into a reading rut where I feel like I need to venture out to a new genre, but I have no idea where to start. Book of the Month makes it so easy to discover new genres because their editorial team reads through hundreds of titles each month, and then they select a few of the best for members to choose from. They cut the clutter and curate new, exciting titles for readers to enjoy. This month, I chose The Only Survivors by Megan Miranda, which gets me so excited because in just a few days, that pretty blue box will arrive with my new hardcover book. Book of the Month just launched curated audiobooks, which members can download and listen to right in the app. Head over to bookofthemonth.com to pick a book and join Book of the Month. For a limited time, you can join and get the first book for just $5 with code 4U. That's bookofthemonth.com and enter code 4U to get your first book for only $5. Is that what he's telling Colleen or did he kind of break things off with Lisa or is it kind of blurred lines where he didn't really tell Lisa what was going on with Colleen and didn't tell Colleen the full truth either? That is the question. Yeah. And I, gosh, and I hate to like, it's like, listen, I'm such an, I'm not a man hater, but like, it sounds like Billy O could be the type of guy to play both sides. And he was loving his stardom. He was loving that he was in the spotlight, kind of like sports players feel like it's just so irresistible to many of them to have women kind of like, I hate to paint women as like throwing themselves at these men, but you know, I'm sure it happens to a certain degree and they just like can't help themselves. And so they're just like playing the field and cheating all over the place. I, I think Billy O could be, he thought he was his own level of superstar and the women, it sounds like took to him and he couldn't resist the temptation. And he probably wasn't fully truthful to either side, which I would argue could be the very reason why Lisa Nowak was driven to do something so wild because she probably was manipulated. She probably was led to believe now I'm making assumptions, mm -hmm. but led to believe that what they had was deeper than it really was. No, absolutely. So this time period is murky and blurred lines, like you said, because I think you can fill in the lines of probably what happened here. I can, I mean, it seems classic textbook, you know, he's, He's playing both sides. I think he probably played both sides where he's pursuing this new love interest while keeping the old love interest close, you know, plan and filling a, the plan gap. B. Kind of yeah. like Lisa Nowak, like, a, you know, he probably had a plan A, plan B. Like, if this doesn't work out, at least I've got this. And he sounds like he wanted both, but he had found a new, uh, better model. And I hate to put it that way, but, you know, it's like mm -hmm. he just kind of tossed Lisa Nowak to the side for this new shinier thing, which was Colleen, but he still wanted to have Lisa around just in case, maybe. Can you imagine being Lisa Nowak, though, and being discarded? Mm -mm. Discarded. That's a horrible, horrible feeling. Mm -hmm. So Billy pilots the Discovery to the space station. When the Discovery lands, Billy O doesn't run to the arms of Lisa. Yeah. So did he, who did he, he run to, if anybody? He runs to Colleen. So in now front of Lisa. Well, he no, she doesn't see it. So okay. so Lisa. Um, oh, what I should clarify is during this time period, while while Billy pilots the Discovery to the space station, 
Lisa Nowak is home with the husband and the kids and the regular, I guess we'll call it vanilla life compared to being an astronaut. And so she's like in the whole hummery of it all while she's watching, you know, her man, her love interest pilot to the space station. And she's not communicating with him. But instead, Billy Goh is communicating with a new woman, Colleen. And fills the void with a new, shinier model. So when he lands, Lisa's hoping that they're going to be reunited and they're going to have this, you know, this bond again, this, uh, this rendezvous, you know, this sexy rendezvous. But instead, he goes to Colleen. He doesn't answer her phone calls. He doesn't answer her text messages. And what what he's what Billy O is up to is he's he's sending email messages to Colleen from the space shuttle back to Earth. And um, apparently NASA talks about how they privatize. They made it really private where pilots like family members aboard the space shuttle can have this private communication with their loved ones back home. Oh, so they don't monitor. They oh. don't monitor the emails at all. So um, so there's a, an email that says, first urge will be to rip your clothes off, throw you on the ground and love the hell out of you. Oh. I, yeah, the next one is, so that's what Colleen says. Colleen says, first urge will be to rip your clothes off, throw you on the ground and love the hell out of you. And then he says, I love you and I'm head over heels in love with you. <laughs> then the next, he says in the next email, you must really have me around your finger that I can't even function without you here. <laughs> oh God, they're in deep. They are in deep. He's long forgot about Lisa Nowak. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. It's horrible. But, but here Lisa's married. Yeah. She's, you know, she's married and Richard has no, like at this point, I think he doesn't know what's going on at all. Like we have to suspect they're staying together in the in the movie in the documentary it stated that Billy O had asked Lisa to divorce her husband he oh. made that request like leave your husband leave your husband and, and she, she refused didn't. she refused mm. to leave R- Richard hmm. yeah interesting so Billy O comes back to earth and Billy and Lisa have a brief conversation the night he returned Lisa calls him numerous times the following days Lisa and Billy start to see each other not that often. And it's stated in the show that he starts to string her along. So <laughs> it is reported. So it is reported after her arrest. This is what Billy O says about the relationship. We had a relationship, but you know, never really said the word girlfriend. He told Classic. investigators, Classic. we were somewhat exclusive. Nobody prohibited anything but I would consider her exclusive for a period of time. Uh, yeah, he's just brushing it off, which, listen, it could be the truth, but it could not be the truth. It's so easy at that point. You know, Lisa Nowak looks, everybody's thinking she's crazy by this point. So he could almost say anything and sound like the good guy, you know, and maybe he was. But, you know, I think it would be really easy for him to just be like that crazy B. You know, she's the one who wore a diaper. I, we were kind of exclusive for a time, just kind of like minimize it, you know? Yeah. So I find this period of their relationship interesting to me because here Lisa had, you know, she'd been working towards a goal 
she achieved that goal and now there wasn't a new goal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that created a void in her life. And now she's grasping for Billy O, who can't be grasped. He's running away from her and into the arms of Colleen. So this is really setting up the tension. And yeah. she's pursuing him. So they, she, she goes into the friend zone and she writes a letter to Billy's mom which is <laughs> so so did Billy's mom know her? Yes, Billy's mom oh. Billy Billy's mom knows her and it's I think it's a classic move like when you're desperate yeah. get the mom and the mom play like get So the mom can like talk some sense into her son like uh-huh. what you're doing to Lisa she's the greatest thing ever. Well, she writes a letter because she leaves her husband. So, so Lisa she does finally leave him. Okay. She leaves her husband and then she writes a letter to Billy's mom and says, I left my husband and I'm excited to get to know you over the next couple, you know, the, the following time, the following months. And your son is an amazing guy. I found that kind of, I found that interesting, but they're running together. So while Billy is dating Colleen, he is going on runs and and training for a marathon with Lisa. So they're just friends is what he tells his girlfriend, Colleen, because they're official. Colleen and Billy are official. Yeah, but he's still like keeping in contact with Lisa. And I got to believe that he can see or feel that she still really wants him to be more. I I can't help but think like, he knows that she wants more than what he wants, but he's keeping her in the friend zone. Like, I just feel like it would have been so much better for Lisa Nowak's psyche if it would just it would just be a clean break. And there was mm-hmm. no blurred lines of, well, he's still wanting to do this marathon with me. So maybe there's a chance. Um, I don't know. That's so interesting that he still did this marathon. And yeah, he was, I don't know. He was in dangerous territory. He's playing both sides, seems like. So over the month, there was 40 text messages and over 70 phone calls, which doesn't seem excessive to me. In the documentary, they play it off like that's excessive. But Mm. does that seem excessive to you? What period of time? 40 text messages? A month. A month. 40 text messages and 70 70 calls. Wait, the 70 calls, it would be what? Like a little over two phone calls a day? Yeah. And people called each other more often than we do now. Like now that seems so alarming. When somebody calls me, I'm like, what, what's going on? Are you a psycho? Why are you calling me? <laughs> like, I'm joking, but it's like nobody calls, you know, anybody anymore. So now like in today's world, that would seem like a lot, but back then, not at all. That's like a little over one text message on average a day or two and same with the phone calls. Yeah. It doesn't seem, but yeah. in the documentary, they were playing that up. Like she's stalking him almost like she's crazy becoming obsessed with him. However, that happens a lot and that sucks for women. But yeah, it does. And he's not answering. He's he's busy with Colleen. And so that brings her to the next level. Remember, she still has a key to his apartment. And so she goes to his apartment with her key and logs into his computer and becomes unhinged at what she reads. Lisa took her obsession to the next level and she used a key to sneak into Billy O's apartment. Lisa Nowak logs into Billy O's computer and becomes unhinged by what she finds. I'll have to control myself when I see you. First urge will be to rip your clothes off, throw you on the ground, and love the hell out of you. 
Lisa reads the emails between Billy and Colleen. And then she realizes Colleen had been in the picture longer than Lisa had thought. I'm only sure of two things tonight. I love you and I'm head over heels in love with you. I need you. to see you. I'm having Colleen withdrawals. Must see Colleen. Lisa finds Colleen's travel itinerary and discovers that she will soon be flying home to Orlando, Florida. She reads those former messages that I just read for you. Ugh, that's hard. <laughs> and she learns that Colleen had been in the picture longer than she thought. Okay, this is when things open up for her and she sees the real truth of what's going on. Okay. So next to the computer, she finds... Colleen's travel itinerary flying home to Orlando, Florida. And she takes a copy of that itinerary back with her. But so you can see it building up here. You know, he's discarding Lisa. I don't think Billy is being transparent with either Colleen and Lisa, or he is, his actions are being clear to Lisa that he's not wanting, well, maybe not. Like, we don't know if they're still entangled sexually at this point. We don't her know that. being so upset by what she saw in his apartment and even her instincts to break into or go into his apartment and look at his messages just tells you that, like, Billy probably was telling her one thing but doing another. I think that Billy was making Lisa think that it was, like, more than it was. So I, I call this the purple bike situation. So Colleen notices in Billy's apartment a purple bike and asks about it. He says, they're just friends. It's a friend's bike. Uh, but um, so in the show, the recreate paints a picture that he tells Lisa that he needs to come and get her bike immediately because his girlfriend is not happy that her bike is in the apartment. Oh. So her stuff is still there. And so Colleen is like, if you're, if this is a relationship that's over, you, you know, you wouldn't have, have any of her stuff there. Yeah. yeah her especially not bike. a bike. I mean, I get it, a toothbrush, just throw that thing in the trash, but like little things might be left behind when you break up, but like a bike, I don't know. So Billy's telling Colleen that they're just friends. And it makes me think like, this is kind of a classic textbook for for what I've heard on Ryan's Roses. <laughs> if only we could have heard Billy O on Ryan's Roses, which by the way, for those pe people who are too young or just like don't know, it was a radio show that you, it was like an FM radio show. I think it's still going on, Jamie. I, I do too. Still going on. <laughs> I think a few years ago, I would play the radio as background noise and it would be on. And even Stevie, my youngest daughter, would get so into it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think we need to be listening to this. It's just like so toxic and negative and it's not a good way to start your day listening to Ryan's roses, but it is, it can be pretty freaking entertaining. Yeah. What does that say about us as mothers that we're letting our kids listen to Ryan's roses? <laughs> listen, Stevie listens to gangster rap uh, with me all the time. We've got like, obviously if it gets too bad, I will not let her listen to it. But if it's just your standard cuss words, I've taught Stevie that cussing is a part of life. Uh, and as long as nobody ever cusses at you, cause I'll kill them. Um, I will never cuss at you, but I might cuss around you. I'll try, I try my best to hold back and, but it's, 
long as somebody's not cussing at you, you're just hearing the words, then they're, they're just words that you can ignore and you don't have to repeat, but that's just me. You can judge me all you want. <laughs> Back to our lovely Lisa. Lisa now, you know, has Colleen's itinerary. She drives nonstop for nine hours. And how she's able to do that is she wears an adult diaper, which she's now infamous for. She stops at a motel in the Florida panhandle under the name Linda Turner. After sleeping briefly, she heads out again. Now she's wearing a black wig, a trench coat, hat, sunglasses. So she's looking ridiculous. Uh <laughs> Like, but she obvious. definitely doesn't want to be recognized, but that is such an obvious disguise. <laughs> the trench coat, even like, I know why. Why? <laughs> Although trench like, coats were like really popular back in the 90s, my mom had one that she wore all the time. But this still. happened in the 2000s, yeah. So maybe not, <laughs> yeah. That was low rise jeans, that was, that yeah, was low, low rise, like not trench coats, yeah. So, um, Colleen lands after 1 a.m., she heads to baggage claim. So, can you imagine? Colleen's just like, just had this long flight lands. I just put myself in Colleen's position because I mean, Mm -hmm. we've all made late night flights. And then you're just, you want to get your, you know, she heads to baggage claim. She wants to get her bag and get out of there. She, security footage shows Lisa spotted Colleen at the baggage claim and followers around. And so you can see in the security footage that Colleen's just kind of pacing and looking for a damn bag and like, can't wait to get out of there. Uh, she gets on, Colleen gets on the parking shuttle. Right behind her is Lisa Nowak with her black wig, trench coat, hat, <laughs> sunglasses. She looks like people on the shuttle were gawking at her because she looks so outrageous. So she Don't had the opposite she had a mustache too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would have just added to the whole Lisa, <laughs> Lisa, you can do better. She didn't get, so Colleen didn't get concerned until she noticed the crazy lady was following her. So it's in a bar, uh, it's in a dark parking lot. She's walking to her car and this lady with a wig and sunglasses and hat is following her. Can you imagine? No, that is so. (laughs) That's terrifying. That's terrifying. I do not know what I would do. I'm trying to like, it's swirling in my brain. Like, Oh, what would I do? But to be honest with you, like, you never know what you're going to do in those kind of traumatic situations. So I'm curious to see how this confrontation went down. Oh, wait, (laughs) because I had not. Okay. So when I started this episode, I didn't recall the assault. Like I couldn't remember what Lisa did to Colleen that there was an assault. Uh, Oh, here. So now I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish what happened. So So she didn't get concerned until she noticed the crazy woman was following her. So I can imagine just walking and you're seeing a lady with sunglasses at night and a wig and a trench coat following you. (laughs) In a panic, Colleen opens her car door and throws her suitcase in the back. First of all, I'm like, why does she care about it? What? Like she cares about her suitcase, but you never know when you're you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. So she throws her suitcase in the back seat. And gets in, opens the front, the front passenger, the front driver's door and gets inside. And as she slams the door, Lisa, with her wig and her sunglasses, starts pounding on the window. Smelling like pee. (laughs) Screaming at her, screaming at her like, my boyfriend's not here to pick me up. Can you help me roll down your window? Roll down your window. 
Oh, she's okay. pretending to be like a helpless, like, help me. My boyfriend's not here. Oh, okay. I'm I not here. I'm alone in the parking lot. Roll down your window. So she keeps screaming, roll down your window. And what do you think Colleen does? Oh, God. Please don't tell me she rolled the window down. I think she hit the gas. No, she rolled down the Stop window. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, she my rolls God. down the, so the window. It worked. Well, Colleen was just going to say, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Okay. Like, yeah, that's what she tells her. But as she's telling her this, Lisa gets pepper spray and sprays her in the <gasps> face. Oh, my gosh. And so there's Rendering... nothing she can do at that point. Yeah. No, no, there's nothing. she. But ha somehow, somehow she is able to escape. She's able to, like, pull out of the driveway and starts driving off. She stops by a nearby toll booth and tells the attendant what happens and the police arrive. Oh, instead my of, okay. So instead of leaving right away, Lisa stays in the parking lot. Lisa disposes the disguise in the trash and police <sighs> watch on the security footage had seen what she just did through things, you know, through some things in the trash and they come and they suspect something's off. And so they start questioning Lisa and as they're questioning and asking for her ID, the police see that she has all these odd, like this, this BB gun in her backpack, rope, of, like they're starting to get a peek in her backpack. And so they arrest the detainer, they did, de they um, detainer and uh, in her car, they find dirty used diapers. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. I'm trying I not know, to laugh. But like, to love. You could discard those and not have them in the car, but maybe if you're just determined to get there on time, I don't know, but that sucks for her. That really just sucks because the media just go is going to go that it just, it makes her sound so much more crazy, but there's also like a practical reason why she mm -hmm. did it, you know? Oh no. Okay. This is, this is getting worse. The judge actually speaks on the documentary and he, and he plays the charges, which are, at first, they go after everything. I mean, they're going after second. I think they're going after first degree murder at first. They're trying to pin her on it, but they can't. They can't get anything. She ends up getting charged and with probation for one year, but the two days in jail that she did considered time served. And she was other than honorable discharge from the Navy. And she lost her career. So... so Okay, so what was her charge? It was not, did she get convicted of an assault charge? She ended, her charges were consistent of putting her hand in the car and spraying her with pepper spray. Which to me is assault, but I don't know that, yeah, that that's, so basically what you're saying is her only punishment was probation for how long and two days one in One year, one year, but it it was, she had served two days in jail. And so that was considered time served. So she, her time served, she, what she ultimately did for time was two days in, in, in jail. Right. And that was considered time served. And yeah. I mean, obviously finding the weapons on her is where I would think that things would get elevated. I mean, she, she did assault this lady. She made contact with her that she should have never, done she could have really harmed her what if um colleen would have hit the gas and crashed and because she had pepper spray in her eyes i mean there's all these things that it could have gone so much more sideways 
It's not that I think that Lisa Nowak deserves to spend 20 years in prison. Um, we'll never know what she intended to do with those dangerous weapons that she had. Uh, I, I, I have some thoughts on it, but I don't know. Is there anything else we should know before we make judgments? That that was it for the documentary. It wasn't very extensive. So, okay. Do you um, know at all how Cal Colleen, did Colleen feel feel slighted by any of that? Like, I mean, you, you got to believe it. She's like, what the F? Two days in jail and a year probation and this lady like planned out an attack on me and followed me and harmed me and could have done worse. I mean, she had like a torture kit. Yeah, I wonder what Colleen felt about this because... I mean, how terrifying to be followed in a parking lot. But then on, on the flip side, I I mean, what is an adequate sentence? It's for... always a gray area because mm -hmm. I think it depends partially on how Lisa Nowak reacted afterward. Was she remorseful? Did her remorse seem genuine? Uh, did it make sense? Do we believe as a society that she's a danger, that she hasn't learned her lesson and that she may do it again. I think those factors would come into play. Um, and I would be curious about that. My, my gut tells me that she probably looks back on this and regrets it and, and may or may not recognize herself, you know, as somebody who could actually do what she did. There are images on the internet that show her crying in the courtroom, Lisa crying in the courtroom, and I believe she felt truly remorseful. I mean, he, at that point, I think it was three years um, after the attack that she was charged and, and released. And I have to imagine if I was in her shoes, in Lisa's shoes, that now the fog of it you know, you're, you're back to your senses and, and you're thinking like, why did I do this? Can you imagine the regret that she had to have felt? Right. And I think to your point, like she maybe was like no longer infatuated with this man or no longer in love with this man at a certain point. It's like, what the hell over this guy, over Billy O mm -hmm. I did that. Like, you know, she, I, I imagine, cause I've thought that way before about, you know, guys that I dated, you know, when I was single and it's like, now I look back now and I'm like, oh my God, I would never be interested now. And, and, you know, as, as much as I was, but like you change over time, but yeah, like she's out of the cloud of being, um, you know, maybe obsessed with this man or in love with this man, whatever it was. And she's thinking more rationally. She probably does have a lot of regret. I don't think she's a psychopath. I mean, I can't, I just think that would be a lot more rare. I, I can totally believe that she would have regret later, but what she did was wrong and it's scary. And I feel for Colleen. And I think that Colleen probably feels like justice was not served and maybe it wasn't. I mean, I, I can I mean, see she Lisa kinda other, a little more. Well, she lost her career. She, other than honorable discharge from the Navy, she's no longer in. And I mean, she was a high ranking officer in the military. So mm -hmm. she, I believe, um, and people watching who are in the military probably could explain the loss of what that must have been like financially, because I believe they get like a pension, they get, I, I mean, it's a setup for life if you retire military. And I believe with that other than honorable discharge that she's not um, capable of getting any of those 
those retirement benefits, you know? And that's like, she did all of that for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's all for naught. You're exactly right. And that right there is something she will live with for the rest of her life. So that is in a sense, a, a huge punishment, but that's also kind of like a given. If you do something like that, there is just no way that you should be able to keep your career. How are they ever going to trust putting you in charge of something so important where people's lives are at stake? I imagine, you know, um, how can they ever trust that you, your colleagues are going to trust you with their lives and to make good decisions for the space program and everybody involved in it? So, so that's kind of like a given, but of course that is a huge loss. But I think if I'm Colleen, I'm like, well, I don't give an F. She, of course, deserves to lose her career. If I'm Colleen, I'm thinking, this bee sprayed me in the face with pepper spray and had a torture kit. What was she going to do with it? She's she's like stalked me and and confronted me and attacked me. So if I were Colleen, I would be angry. I would be bitter. But maybe she rests peacefully at night knowing that Lisa Nowak kind of lost everything, including like her reputation, she's forever going to be known as the diaper wearing astronaut. So Colleen ends up winning the prize, Billy O. They get married in 2010 and moved to Alaska. Oh man. And Lisa, oh God. Well, Colleen and Billy have this adorable little boy and their life is looking great on Facebook. And (laughs) so they're still together today. They're still together today. Wow, that's an ending (laughs) I did not expect. Wow, they made it through a lot. Yeah, they made it through a lot. And can you imagine if people aren't familiar with their backstory at a party, ask them, hey, how did the two of you meet? Tell me about (laughs) I thought our story was interesting. Their story is like blows ours away. Colleen and Billy O have a story when they go to parties. They're like, so here's the thing. (laughs) Our love, Uh, our love lasted through a love triangle. That is, that is true love. And she's, she survived Lisa Nowak. Uh, Do I think that Lisa Nowak was going to kill her? I think there's a much smaller chance that she would have actually killed her. Uh, but maybe that depends, that all depended on Lisa Nowak's reaction to her. Yeah, I'm curious how people listening with us today, like what their thoughts are, you know, what's going to be, I, I'm going to be curious to read the comments to see. What yeah. If you're listening to this as a podcast, then we'll definitely be posting this on our social media at lipstick and lies. And so you can definitely hit us up in the comments. Let us know your thoughts, your theories, your hot takes on this. Cause I'm sure this is going to conjure up some some opinions. So I would love to hear from the listeners. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just hit us up in the comments. And what are your thoughts? Like, I wonder if people think that she was a psychopath. Do they think that she would have killed Lisa Nowak if given the opportunity? Uh, What do they think of her punishment? Well, I also think it's very telling how Lisa Nowak has been very private since this all happened. She's not come forward. She's never sold her story to the media. Remember, she's a mother. She has children. And she had to tell her children probably at some point. Can you imagine her children Googling their mother's name and finding this incredible story? Yeah, I always find that aspect so wild that like Mm -hmm. you're leaving this digital footprint. Like what you did will always be on record. 
mm-hmm. very easily just a quick Google search. And it's like, oh, your mom's the diaper wearing astronaut. I mean, you go, I mean, and she fell from grace. I mean, she would have been considered an American hero being a such high ranking person within, you know, NASA's space program. Uh, and I think you said she's military as well. Did I get that fact straight? Mm-hmm. But I know yeah, naval. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, so, such a, like an American hero to like just this disgraced woman who will forever have this stain that she has to live with. And her poor kids, it sucks. It really sucks for them. I wonder if she has changed her name and just like you said, kept a low profile. She's probably not big on social media. And as far as her not selling her story, I would imagine like, although the money would be tempting um, and maybe she would need it because she lost her career. It's also like so embarrassing, Mm -hmm. you know, like what you did, it it pales in comparison. The story you told us at the top of the episode is just, you know, you can talk about it now and you cringe on it, but I look at it like, uh, I think a lot of people would be driven to do that. Um, Not a big deal, but what she did, that's hard to recover from. Well, Part of me is rooting, and, and maybe this is bad. I'm rooting for Lisa to have a comeback. Do you think she can come have a comeback? Lisa yes, Nowak? because I think we've seen it happen before with people you think like would never, never be able to come back, and yet they do, and like people love and adore them. I think she would have to just really humble herself, and she would have to just be like super authentic and come out with it. Yeah, I did that. I did that, but here's my story. I deeply regret it and I'm embarrassed by it. I'm ashamed by it. You know, I I wasn't going to hurt her or whatever she's going to say. I think that people would totally allow her that space. I think enough time has passed. Uh, Yeah, 16 years. Yeah. Right. Nobody died, thankfully, or was Mm -hmm. maimed. Um, So I do, I do think she could have a comeback and God, she might have a big, she could have a big payday, I think. All right, lie detectors. We want to hear your hot takes on this case. What are your thoughts on Lisa Nowak having a comeback? Is she worthy of one? Would you support a comeback? And do you believe that she was actually going to murder Colleen or just hurt her or what she said, scare her? All great questions. And you guys, don't forget to follow us at Lipstick and Lies on Instagram and TikTok to chat with us about this case and suggest cases for us to cover in the future. We want to hear, you know, your female-centric cases, any woman behaving badly or any woman who maybe wasn't behaving badly but uh, committed a crime and maybe we're going to have some empathy for her. It's really just female-centric cases. We want to hear those suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to Lipstick and Lies on YouTube. We do a video version of every single episode. So check that out if you want to look at our faces to see how we react to these lady liars. If you enjoy Lipstick and Lies, please rate and review the show in any podcast app. Please give us five stars. Five stars only. Four stars is just like a tease. All right, lie detectors. We all know that crime is usually a good old boys club, but sometimes the truth lies behind lipstick. Hey, lie detectors, leave a five-star rating and drop your favorite lipstick in the review section because we lie detectors don't gatekeep. And follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Lipstick and Lies if you want to see behind the scenes and clips of us recording each episode and be a part of the lie detector community. Executive producers of Lipstick and Lies are Melissa Moore, myself, Jamie Rice, and Sim Sarna. The podcast is co-produced by Cloud10 Media. Subscribe to Lipstick and Lies so you don't miss an episode. We all know that crime is usually a good old boys club, but sometimes the truth lies behind lipstick. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. 
Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.